It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. This is Smart Money Questions. Thanks for being here with us this week. Walter Storholt here, as always, alongside Matt Hausman, the founder of Old Security Group with offices in Westchester, Pennsylvania, Newark, Delaware, but serving clients all across the country as well. You can find us online at smartmoneyquestions.com. Lots of great resources there on the website with blog posts and many more exciting things to come in the future as well on the site. That's smartmoneyquestions.com. Matt, what's going on with you, my friend? How are you? I'm sitting here today in the office, and it's gorgeous and beautiful. Sunny skies, I think it's like mid to high 40s, but they're telling us a nor'easter is coming during the week. Oh, How you like that? So we're we're recording this, and we just had the nor'easter. Now, Correct. Now another one is on the way. Is that the word? We have another one that's oh, supposed man. to be here Wednesday, all day. And then someone was in our office earlier today, and they mentioned there might be another one coming the tail end of the weekend. The one they're saying that we're going to get on Wednesday has a more capacity for snow and less wind. Okay, so that's, a, this that's last a good one thing, we just had probably. was. Very, very windy. I very would say windy. you would take more snow and less wind than some snow, but a lot of wind. That's That sounds like a worse recipe. Let me tell you, I was cleaning up sticks and branches like for two hours <laughs> on Sunday. It was unbelievable. Because the crazy thing about it was the wind didn't die. You would expect like, okay, the storm comes through. Saturday is going to be nice and sunny, which it was. But you're thinking, okay, there's no more, mm-hmm. there's no more wind. The wind continued until mainly Sunday afternoon. Yeah. I mean, it was dying down the whole time, but they were they were calling for 50 and 60 mile an hour sustained winds on Friday. And let me tell you, when that freezing rain, sleet, or snow hit you, it hurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it stings. It's like going to the beach, and it's uh, really, really windy down at the beach, and then that sand starts stinging you on the side of the face. and Absolutely. Getting in your eyeballs, it's never fun stuff. Well, I know that some people up in the Northeast did, uh, you know, whenever these storms come through, unfortunately, you know, when the trees fall down and that kind of thing, you know, there, there is loss of life. And that is, you know, so unfortunate to have those things happen. But on a smaller scale, you picking up the, you know, the sticks and limbs that fall down, <laughs> there's sort of this, uh, there's a financial metaphor certainly in there about, you know, these storms blow through, and, and that sh- actually sh- is probably healthy for your yard and for your trees to get some of the dead stuff kind of, you know, cleared away off the branches. I'm sure there's a financial metaphor we could, you know, connect this to. But Well, I think one of the things would be, just simply put, is the one thing that my wife and I didn't do during the storm is stand outside. We well, had enough wherewithal to go inside, that's right? Important. So when you're thinking about that's your important. financial life, you don't just want to have stuff all out there, and the only place you can be is out in the storm. Yep. Yep. How about that one? I just threw that one out. It just came to me. It was beautiful. That was really good. <laughs> I don't know if it really means anything, but the idea would be don't some, don't know, stand outside about, in the storm. <laughs> what's that? Don't stand outside in the storm. Lesson learned. Yeah, don't stand outside in the storm. So make sure that you understand that you're not your where your monies are and what your total plan and what your goal is isn't leaving a bunch of things outside to be or have the storm, which potentially will come at some point in time and completely, you know, start knocking down trees or God forbid, have a loss of life in this particular mm-hmm. case, lost financial resources that can't be recovered. I think that's one of the things that that metaphor you're talking about could really be. 
very intelligent, makes a lot of sense. So there's your financial lesson of the day. Don't stand outside in the storm. All right. On today's podcast, we're telling you a story about collaborating with other professionals. And on the podcast today, Matt, what I'm curious about is if you can tell me about a time, well, for some context before we dive in, I think about football. And, you know, since you're kind of in the, you know, Pennsylvania, Philly somewhat area and you guys won the Super Bowl and all this kind of stuff this year, we'll make a football reference on the heels of the Eagles Super Bowl here. You've got the quarterback on the football team. They're considered to be that kind of most important person on the field. That's why they pretty much get paid the most. That's why all the blame and all the celebration kind of falls on those guys. But they can't get the job done themselves. Sometimes you need to hand the ball off or throw it to a teammate to make progress down the field, ultimately to reach the goal of scoring a touchdown. And I think it's interesting since we're doing kind of some financial parallels here, your financial advisor really serves or should serve in a similar capacity. They're kind of the most important person in your overall planning situation, but they should also know when it's the right time to bring other professionals into the equation to put the best possible plan together for you. So, Matt, I'm curious if you can tell us a story this week about a time when you were able to collaborate with other business professionals, maybe an attorney, CPA, something else, to help a client achieve some goals in their overall financial planning. Well, first of all, what I'd like to do, is let's address the idea when you say the financial advisor is, quote, the quarterback, is I think many times people are anticipating that's what their advisor is, but yet they haven't had that conversation with them. Hmm. And maybe what they find out is the advisor that they're working with is a wide receiver interesting, or a middle linebacker. And the reason that, that comes up is I just had someone in my office last week who had, who had recently was interviewing other advisors, and they had met with this one particular firm, very, very large firm, and they do a lot of online advertising. He goes, the thing I was so interested about, or the thing that was so interesting about meeting with this person is they were only concerned about managing one piece of my money. They didn't want to talk about anything else. And so what you have to look at there, okay, is that really a financial advisor or is that just someone, is that just the middle linebacker that's going to come in and take care of that piece. You know, Ray Lewis, a Hall of Famer, he's going in the Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer, middle linebacker from Baltimore. Yet he's only taking care of, quote, one side of the ball and one aspect of the defense, even as great as he was, right? He isn't coordinating right. special teams and offense and all that stuff. And I think that's something that you want to have as the client. You want to have an understanding. What is the role that my advisor thinks they're doing? Forget what you're thinking. If you're thinking they're the quarterback, but they're really the wide receiver, then you guys aren't, you know, you're not having a meeting of the minds. You're not together on that thinking. That causes a fumble or an interception, most likely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. It causes a turnover. It causes to be left out in the storm. We're going to use that this time. There you time. go. Yeah, just let that ride <laughs> on through. Right. You know, so first of all, let's let's get that understood. And then the second thing, so now if we have a holistic an advisor that's, and let me just throw this out there for compliance purposes. I'm not a CPA and I'm not an attorney, but I know enough to be dangerous, let's say, or I know enough when I need to bring an expert in another field in to take care of what it is that I know my client is wanting and needing to either be protected 
like for instance, protected, we would think of the law. We would think of having an attorney, making sure that the legal documents are all in order. Is it a situation where we should be looking at a trust? If so, what is a trust? And what's the the full purpose of what the client is wanting to accomplish? That would be one thing. And then the second thing is taxes and making sure that the things that, for instance, myself as the financial person and the adjustments or the positions or the recommendations I'm making, one of the things that we do is, and we don't necessarily do this with the client's accountant or CPA, is, but we have our own people that will look at it to make sure we're not making undue investment decisions that will have bad tax ramifications. So where we have worked together, one particular client, they've been with us, I don't know, seven, eight years, is the first thing we did is when we were talking to them about you know, what their goals and plans were, and, and they were, and I'll say this, I think this is really smart. Many times people, they think they don't have to plan for retirement until six months when they're ready to you know, walk in with their resignation letter or their retirement papers. And I really think that you want to be looking three, five, six, seven years in advance of that to really when, so you, you're on your own terms when it comes to retirement, when you're going to make, and you've, you know that you've been moving in the right direction to have the, whatever the retirement is that you're looking for and wanting to create. In this particular case, they did that. And in my initial discussions with them, we found out that they had multiple properties in multiple states. We were looking to do some social security planning, which we do with everyone. And also we were looking to mitigate tax. And so in the planning that I put together, they already had their accountant and they'd had some, some work done on simple legal documents. They had a will that was pretty old and they had some power of attorneys. They didn't have anything else done. And so what I first did is in the plan that I put together, I said, okay, this is, this is what we're doing and this is why we're going to do it. And this is what the tax issues are going to be long-term. And we were, we were looking out basically in that particular time, I guess that would have been eight years, eight, nine years, because they have money in IRAs. And so we were making adjustments in how we were, you know, looking at Roth conversions. Now let's talk to the, you know, if you have any questions or if you want to take this to your accountant, feel free to. Well, they did. And the accountant called up and was like, what the heck are you doing? First of all, the accountant questioned two things. The accountant questioned why we weren't taking Social Security ASAP. And secondly, he wanted to know why were we moving all of this IRA money to Roth instead of just waiting. And so what I did is I got on the phone with him and went through the progression on why I was recommending what it was we were recommending and saying the issues of taxation that we're creating now by doing Roth conversion will have massive positive benefits because we're going to pay some tax now, massive positive benefits post the age of 70 because of the reduction of RMDs and the majority of the income coming out not being countable, meaning not taxable. And then the accountant was, oh, that makes sense. And just to let everyone know, your advisor should be willing to have those conversations and, and most importantly, be able to articulate it. Because what this accountant and most of them, and this, I'm not speaking poorly about them, it's just the nature of their business, is most people aren't calling their accountant to be proactive during the tax year. They're only coming to the accountant after the tax year's already happened. So the accountant can't make any changes 
So they're just trying to be your hero right then and there with whatever you've already done. Does that make sense? Yeah, total sense. When I went through the explanation with them, then they understood what it was. Then when I, like for instance, the social security, well, have, have you talked to your client here and do you understand that there's longevity on both sides of the family? So why would I take it early when, you know, social security is going to give me this guaranteed increase if I delay, which gives me the opportunity to do more Roth conversion at a lower tax rate. That's about as fast as I had to say it. And he understood it. Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Right. And so that was the first, you know, interaction that we were working with that professional, that the client and the client still uses them to this day. The other time when, is when we started talking about the properties in other states and how they were deeded and what the long-term goal was and any quote protections that they were concerned with or wanting to protect, make sure that those assets weren't kind of left out there quote in the storm. So, you know, a storm can come by and wash them away is you need to speak to an attorney and you need to have an attorney that understands not only estate law, but real estate law. And we've got multiple states. So how are they going to, if they're in PA, which they were, how are they going to know what the rules are in the other states where you have properties? And we were able to coordinate that. And so then the information, you know, the, my client met with them, actually somebody I recommended, and they came back with the documentations and then we were helping them, you know, execute and fund the trust and get the things where they had to be to now have a full plan in place where the client can, quite frankly, feel rest assured that they're inside a very solid cinder block building during the storm, any potential storm that would happen. And that's really, if you have a an advisor that is acting in a more holistic way than just, quote, I'm going to manage your money over here, mm-hmm. or I'm going to sell you an insurance product over here, and they're not looking at the whole thing, and they're incorporating those other advisors, that is where you end up getting the, the true benefit of what the advisor, or my opinion, what the advisor should be providing to their clients. So I think it's a good story to hear how you're able to kind of connect with these other professionals and make that happen. Let me ask you, how frequently are you having to do those kinds of things? How often do you end up pulling in outside professionals and resources like that? Is that a pretty common thing? I wouldn't say that it's common. I'll give you an example. One of the things that I I speak to clients about almost every, unless they already have had them done, that I speak to them about it all the time is getting their legal documents in order. And I know that's something that, you know, maybe it's because we don't like to talk about our mortality and that kind of stuff, but they haven't, they know, in fact, this particular client I'm talking about, I talked about the legal documents for two, three years before that finally got in place. So, you know, it's not that it happens often and the tax equation many times is maybe they haven't taken it to the accountant. I don't know. Or maybe there, I do have this. I have a good number of clients that are actually doing taxes on their own. So they can simply go home and they, if they're using TurboTax or whatever, they can run those equations to match up what I'm doing. So then they can see, or there's a second set of eyeballs, their eyeballs with another calculator to show what we're, what we're talking about. But the legal documents is something that I think everyone knows they need to have, but it's just one of those things, you know, it's kind of like finance too. You just kind of put off or you don't want to talk to, or it's not as important as still celebrating the fact that Eagles are world champions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, that's the one area that I think people should, and it's really not that difficult. And yes, you're going to have to pay some money for it, but the money that you pay 
is so small compared to if you don't do it and you land up outside in the storm, especially when it comes to your living will, your medical directive, your power of attorneys. Most people don't understand in the event you don't have those in place and God forbid something happens. And I'm not speaking of death, especially if it comes to, you know, you have someone that's in, God forbid, a car accident and they're incapacitated. You don't have that information in place. Let me tell you something. It is a bear to get it. And many times you're going to have to involve the court, which now you're bringing in an attorney and you're paying them way more than you would have had you just had those documents taken care of. And I think the other thing is when it comes to the legalities, a lot of people don't, maybe they don't understand what it is they have and why they would need that. Because this is one thing I hear all the time. Well, yeah, I've had my will done. So it doesn't matter what my beneficiary forms say. Because that's one of the things I always ask is, are your beneficiary forms up to date? Well, what's that matter? I got my will done. Well, it does matter because the beneficiary form supersedes the will. It also bypasses probate. A will is there for probate. And so it, it's it's just having that understanding and having an advisor that's going through those things with you. Here's something interesting about the beneficiary form. I just found this out. Had somebody in my office a couple of weeks ago and they have currently they have a lot of their money at an institution around the corner that starts with a big V. And they have multiple accounts there, joint accounts and a good amount of money in an IRA. And did you know that he came back because we were going through this beneficiary thing. And I said, you want to make sure that your beneficiary forms are up to date, not only with your primary beneficiary, but your second or contingent beneficiaries. God forbid both of you die at the same time. You don't want all of that money going into your estate to be probated. Well, when they went back to the institution, they found out that even though they had five different accounts, they could only use the same beneficiary designations on all. How about that one? So they could only use the same on all? Correct. So they had a couple of the accounts set up where they were going to have one account go to one heir and another one go to the other heir. Okay. And then another account go to all the heirs. But they couldn't do that. They could only have one. They had essentially one beneficiary form, even though there were all different accounts. And by the way, classified tax-wise in different capacities. Wow. I thought that was so interesting. That is. That's pretty wild. So anyway, you know, I kind of digress there. The idea, you know, that's probably the thing that doesn't happen that should happen often is making sure your legal documents are current and up to date. Yeah. And your beneficiary forms. Seems like such a simple thing, but yet so many people still get that wrong, don't they? Yeah, it's, you know, and I'll give you, an, my wife and I, through one of the policies, life insurance policies that we have right now, are updating our beneficiaries specifically because we have another child that is no longer a minor. So we've got two that are not minors and one that is. So we're updating the beneficiary form to reflect that. A lot of people wouldn't know and understand that you need to do those things because in our particular case, we want to make sure that the minor, that we've designated a trustee for the minor, because I don't want the minor getting all the money. <laughs> <laughs> True. Next thing you know, she's driving a Ferrari, but she can't put gas in it. <laughs> so just those type of things that are, are real important and why I believe that the advisor should be making sure those things are updated and working in the holistic way and 
if the advisor is not willing, because my comment has always been to anyone that is, quote, interviewing us as, you know, people come in and they interview us to come in and be an advisor. And we're doing the same thing back. We're looking at the different individuals and making sure that everyone's going to be a good fit and we can truly serve the person is I'm always willing to talk to the other advisors that the client has, whether it be a CPA. Like, for instance, I know enough about Medicare to, to be dangerous, but I don't do Medicare. So we've got someone that we refer out to. Mm -hmm. I know what I want, want the client to have, but if there's something I'm missing, then the Medicare specialist is going to pick up on that. Right. Right. As far as the execution and goes. Execution, you know, the different rules and regs that go along with when to, you know, when to jump on Medicare, the Medigap policies, understanding what those options are, you know, and yeah. then of course the CPA and the lawyer, you right. know think it's important to to really have all of that coordinated to make sure that you know your house is in order so to speak right well all that makes a lot of sense matt thanks for sharing those stories with us and those examples hopefully that puts into perspective for you of how your i think the biggest takeaway there is what you actually said at the very beginning is this whole concept of your financial advisor being a quarterback that's not as much as a given as I may have made it sound at the beginning, that financial advisor always equals quarterback of your financial team. Some advisors don't take that approach, and that's important for you to figure out earlier rather than later on. So make sure that that's first the case, and then once they are viewed as your quarterback of your team, you're able to then kind of see how they can pull in these other professionals to make all the right things happen for your financial plan. And that's, I think, a really big takeaway for today's show. Well, Matt, that uh, will do it for this edition of Smart Money Questions. Thanks as always, my friend, and uh, good luck with the impending storms and all that kind the of The impending direction. storm, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully by the time people are actually listening to this particular podcast, those storms have passed and uh, everybody's ready for all the uh, springtime excitement and that sort of thing. So, Amen. I'll be ready for that, let me tell you. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, there you go. Another edition of Smart Money Questions. If you have Smart Money Questions, as always, we invite you to submit them to the show on smartmoneyquestions.com or you can call Matt and his team at Old Security Group at any time. 610-719-3003 is that number. 610-719-3003. Zero three. He's got an office in Westchester, PA, Newark, Delaware, but serves clients all across the country. You don't have to be in the area to have a conversation about your financial plan. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time on Smart Money Questions.